Good morning. Few in number, but many in spirit, right? <laughs> so I got to thinking. Uh, I know my preaching is quite often kind of monotone and dull and boring. Y'all know that. Everybody falls asleep. But I uh, <laughs> appreciate that. But it turns out we do have a lot to rejoice about. But when I thought, started thinking about rejoicing, I always think about the messages I've heard around it to talk about how we should rejoice, whether it's in song or dance or praise or prayer or celebration or meals or get-togethers or anything like that, which the answer is yes. Or it's when we should rejoice. Whether it's at a wedding or at the beginning of service or during service, a little shout of amen or something like that. Or graduations or you get a promotion or maybe you land the job you've been trying to get. Again, the answer is yes. Because we should be rejoicing always. There is a scripture that says rejoice, rejoice always. The word rejoice means, quite literally, it comes from, whether it's in the Old Testament, it comes from a Hebrew word, and in the New Testament, it comes from a Greek word. But either way, both words means to spin around in a manner of praise worthy of God. Sounds like dancing. Sounds like singing. Sounds like jumping. It it means an action. It's more than just a thought process. But I got thinking about why we rejoice. What are we rejoicing over? Are we celebrating the accomplishment of something? Are we celebrating our gifts or our talents? Are we celebrating a goal reached? Or are we celebrating the fact that God has written our name in heaven? And see, Jesus approached this very same question. A lot of people want to say, oh, he only had 12 followers. But the fact of the matter is he had hundreds, if not thousands of followers. He had 12 disciples, people he was personally training. Three of those were inside of his inner circle, but he had a lot of followers. And at one point, he sent 72 of them out to cities around Galilee. Sent them out in Paris, so he covered about 30 to 30, about 35, 36 cities. And he told them, he gave them very explicit instruction. You can read in the early parts of chapter 10 in the book of Luke. He gave them instructions to go into these cities healing the sick and preaching that he's coming. They were the cities he was planning on going to. So he's preached my coming, heal the sick, feed the hungry. If they welcome you in, stay at the first house that welcomes you. And don't jump house to house. Stay at that one house the whole time you're there. But if they don't welcome you, dust the, knock the dust from your feet and leave that town because it is doomed. 
And then he gives uh, woe to unrepentant towns. And says it would have been if these other two towns from ancient uh, Israel, Tyre and Sidon, had heard this message, they will reap better benefits than you have by denying me. But the 72 return to them, they're ecstatic, man. They're yelling, they're carrying on, they're cheering. And that's where we're at in the scripture today. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. And we'll go through it verse by verse, starting at 17. It says, The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. That sounds like something great to celebrate. They spoke the name of Jesus and the demons submitted. Gave up. Threw in the towel. Nope, you just, that, that's that one name. I, I ain't fighting. Sounds like something to be joyful about. Something to rejoice about, right? But then when we get to verse 18, we see that Jesus reminds them of who he is. He says, I, he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He tells them I was there in the beginning. Think I don't know that the demons are going to submit to my name? I watched Satan fall from heaven like light. He was there. And then in verse 19, he really just drives it home. Look, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing at all will harm you. He's telling them right there. What you were doing was because I gave you that power. I gave you that gift. I knew you had that in you. You're rejoicing like you did something great on your own, but you didn't because I'm the one that gave you the authority. Too often we rejoice that way. We celebrate our accomplishments without recognizing that God gave us that, that power, that gift. See, if I'm up here preaching, but not my name's not in heaven, there's nothing for me to rejoice about. The only reason I get to preach is because God gave me the authority. The only reason we get to share the gospel is because God gave us the authority. The only reason we can cast out demons is because God gives us the authority. We can walk every inch of our land and bless it in the name of Jesus Christ because he gave us the authority. There's nothing for us to rejoice about there. It's not us. It's him. And so Jesus flips the script and says, here's what you should rejoice over. He said, however, don't rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, we rejoice over all these different things, whatever they are. But when was the last time we said in praise, thank you, God, for offering your son for sacrifice for me and writing my name in your book of life. See, Revelation tells us that if our name isn't found there, we will burn in the lake of fire and hell. See, what Jesus is telling them is to rejoice over the one real choice they ever had. And that's to submit to Him. 
Don't rejoice because the spirits are submitting to you, but rejoice because you have submitted to me. That's what he was really telling. Because when the choice was laid in front of you, you said, I choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior. See, rejoicing is an action and it's something that we should take serious. It's something that we should do daily and in front of people. I've got nothing else to be joyful for but knowing that my name is in heaven. And so no matter what's going on in your life, if you're having a bad day at work, you can say, oh well, my name's in heaven. I can still rejoice. If you're getting in a fight with a relative or another loved one or a friend, you can still say, my name is written in heaven. I still have a reason for joy. If you're depressed and feel lonely and lost, or you're overwhelmed by anxiety, you can say, oh, my name is written in heaven. I can still find joy. I can still rejoice. And then when everybody comes to you and say, I thought you was having that bad day. I thought, thought you were in this depressive mood. And you can look at it and go, I am. But I know my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. So no matter what's going on, I have that to rejoice over. No matter what I've done, I have that to rejoice over. Because everything else is at the hand of God. Because once I find out that I have my name written in heaven and I have that to rejoice over, God can reveal to me the reason that I'm going through that depression. The reason that I'm having that bad day. Maybe there's somebody I need to reach. Maybe I just need to be that example for somebody else who's struggling. And haven't thought about, I can rejoice over my name being written in heaven. It's been many times I've been at work, people I know who are saved, and they're just having that bad day. Nothing is going right, and they're just ready to throw in the towel, go home, and just take the rest of the day off. And they're asking me, why are you in such a good mood? And I say, because Jesus saved me. And he saved you. So why are you in a bad mood? And they're like, what's that got to do with today? I said, it's got everything to do with today. Because if you focus on that, nothing else matters. And their day changes. I've had a conversation with a person at work who is going through some marital problems. And I told her, she said she doesn't want to get divorced. She doesn't want to go down this road. I told her, I said, then go to him and say, I love you and I forgive you because Jesus loved and forgave me. And while we're having these problems, let's focus on that. And let's work through everything else. They're still married today and their marriage has gotten better. Because she went and did that. And she said he broke down in tears. 
years. And he said, I love you, and I forgive you for the things that I thought you'd done to me. Because they started focusing on Jesus saved them and forgave them. They could forgive each other. Because Jesus saved them and sacrificed himself for them, they could sacrifice for each other. And it's something that's been forgotten throughout the world is how to rejoice for Jesus. It's not our accomplishments, but it's his. They're not our gifts. They're, they're what he gave us. Whether it's speaking to people or being a friend or whatever talents you have, playing the piano, preaching, carpentry, They're gifts from Jesus. And that's where we should rejoice. That he has our names written. If we have given our lives to him. Because so many people preach about free will or predestination. The simple fact of the matter is the only real free will choice we have is to give it up for him and say, God, use me in the name of Jesus Christ. Give me gifts for him and let me rejoice that he has written my name down. That's what he demanded of the 72 was that they change what they were rejoicing over. Not that they had cast out demons, but that they are written in heaven. Not that they had healed the sick or preached his name, but that they their names were written in heaven. Because when you rejoice over that, that you have the assurance of Christ and you can rejoice over your name being written in heaven, everything else will start to take care of itself in its own time. You don't have to rush anything. You don't have to wonder what's going to happen because in the end of it if you don't get everything you wanted to get done complete God will get it complete and you will be living in eternity with heaven with him in heaven King David didn't get build the temple he just laid the plans his son built it sometimes your best plans you have you'll never see to completion God will take care of them if it's his design My question is, is your name written in heaven? Have you given your life over to Jesus? And if so, why aren't you rejoicing over that? Because that's really all we have to rejoice over. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings and the short, simple message that you've given, Lord. And I ask that you carry it great ways for many people to hear and many people to learn to rejoice that you have made a way for us that you have written our names in the Lamb's Book of Life Lord we ask that you bless the hearts of those who are wondering if Jesus is the right choice and 
open their eyes to see that he is the only choice, Lord, so that their names can also be written in that book, so that they can have reason to find real joy and really rejoice. We ask all of this in the blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen.